0: All right, we have Irma Zamora here in the studio, Professor Latinx Podcast. And yes, OSU is on lockdown. All our classes are going to go online as of today. So, yes, like many of the universities across the country, um, to kind of contain things, to bring a sense of calm back into our everyday lives. Uh, we are on an OSU campus that's kind of like a ghost town, Irma.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: So Irma, we, you know, we're here to talk about Knives Out. I have been so wanting to talk about this movie since it came out. I just didn't have time to watch it. I know you watched it when it came out. But before we jump into Knives Out, maybe you can share a little bit about your research, I know you are very invested both theoretically, scholarly, and also just in your actual practical person, um, activist person with uh, undocumented, our undocumented populations, our family members. Um, Maybe you can talk a little bit about that and also your work um, and how you see that playing out in mainstream media. And then let's jump in and talk about this really um, extraordinary movie, Knives Out, Ryan Johnson, that came out.
1: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, again, my name is Irma Zamora. I'm originally from Santana, California. Um, uh, Growing up in a very uh, Latinx neighborhood is kind of... Where you learn a lot about like undocumented issues, I have. I'm from a mixed status family, which means part of my family is undocumented. So um, these ishu- issues are very like close and um, like near and dear to my heart, and really crucial in how we think about stuff. Not only like representations, but also what are the applicable um, things that are happening out in the world. So yeah, a lot of my activism has surrounded um, how to. How do we support documented, undocumented, so both undocumented and DACA students um, on campus? Um, and then now, now that I'm in graduate school, a lot of that is uh, a lot of my research is involving how do we represent like citizenship for Latinx folks, but also incorporating stories and document undocumented narratives. I um, recently did a paper on Jane the Virgin and On My Block um, and how they represent undocumented stories. It's very different kind of tactics, but Um, All in all, like one of the issues that I'm kind of uh, tackling is like this issue of how undocumented storylines focus on this deservability, um, which plays out a lot in politics. So DACA uh, DACA folks are given this like kind of privilege because they are seen as like deserving since like this issue of like them being undocumented is not their problem. It's like somebody else's issue. And so and also like who do we get who do? we give visas to it's like this uh these people who are like oh they deserve this because they're so hard working and or they're really top students so we need to get them these resources um but like that's not our only storyline um but why can't we just be human like uh, maybe i did commit an error before but that doesn't mean that i'm not human and don't deserve to be here and people don't love me and i don't have attachments in this community um, so a lot of that kind of how how do we occupy these spaces as undocumented folks? I mean, um, yeah, like uh, our the undocumented community, um, because the at the end of the day, undocumented folks here contribute so much not only to like the economy but also just to our personhoods. Um, like who are we raising? Who are we as a community? And like all these community ties are uh, crucial. And I guess we see a lot of this play out in the movie too, which is. So, sort of like great to, that we're going to talk about this yeah absolutely
0: yeah the un, undocumented yeah. and that you know we need to really um at the on the one hand we we need to embrace of course but be also with our eyes wide open because mm-hmm. it serves a kind of model minority narrative right Correct. yeah yeah and then it what it does is it erases all like you said all of our um other community or family members who Are here actively participating, but they might not fall within that model minority narrative, right?
1: Yes, exactly. Like, there's so much more um, it than just criminalities or whatever. Like, maybe we don't speak English and we don't want to speak English to assimilate. Like, it's part of that culture. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, how do we see like deserving, right? How do we change that narrative of like who is here, who belongs here? It's not deserving; it's belonging.
0: Yeah. So. what you know, Jane the Virgin, some other you mentioned uh,
1: um, on my blog. On
0: my blog, um,
1: there's also on One Day at a Time. One day at a time. Um, what are yes. you
0: seeing there? What are kinds of the trends in yes. mainstream? So
1: it's it's been interesting because I think there's a lot more um, undocumented narratives, which is incredible. Like I'm like yes, thank you, and like including this mixed status families, like it's so important because that fear of like your parents being taken away is so real, um, and the fear of uh, you just being taken away is also always there, especially in this administration. Um, but and then so I, I appreciate that there's a lot of more narratives, and there there seem to be a little more complications. Like um, Superstore, the undocumented character there is not Latinx; there he's Filipino, um, which again like that's interesting to complicate that narrative because not all undocumented folks are Latinx there they're Asian, they're from the Africa, they're from other places that we don't even think about, even like European White doctor, Europeans. White Europeans, yeah. yep, and like,
0: who overstay their visits, <laughs> right? Exactly,
1: yeah. and, um, and I'm glad that they're, uh, at least in that narrative, they're very much keeping to that. Um, I think that might be a, a really good representation, but um, it doesn't fit within the Latinx kind of studies. Um, but they that representation is really great and in terms of like other ones. Like even recently... I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but Hentified, um, the the new Netflix series at the end of the show, again, spoiler alert, um, the grandpa is revealed to be undoc- undocumented and they deport him. And so, but this whole entire, the whole entire series goes without, like maybe, I think there's like a couple hints there, but they don't really reveal it until he's taken away. Mm. Um, and so, but again, it goes back to this like, they have presented him, this entire show, as, like, a really integral part of the community, but he has a business, and then it's, like, this whole other narrative going on in there, um, but they don't, they, they use it sort of as a, they, a lot of the shows that I've seen recently use the undocumented kind of um, trope as a as a plot like device Mm. they don't use it right
0: okay so like party of five it's the launch right it's the it's the kind of reason for the whole story right
1: exactly and then here
0: with Hentified, it's um it's whispering and but then retroactively like at the end you kind of reread the whole story because of that event right
1: yeah and then so like even with um on my blog it's interesting that we have – so we have Olivia, who's uh, the daughter of two undocumented immigrants, and you don't ever see the parents. They're kind of used as this plot device as why she comes into the storyline. And then it's like revealed that it's not important because in, where is she in the second season? Um, I, of course, there's, like, issues with her as an actress, like, the actress who betrayed her. But that's, a, like, that's another thing. But in the way, where is she in the second se- season? There's nobody else who's, like, representing the undocumented community, even though they're in L.A. Like, excuse you um, – So there's a couple things there that are are happening, like in terms of the media in general. But um, yeah, really important
0: your work in the community and then also in scholarship, so important. So, Knives Out, we have Ryan Johnson who brings us an Agatha Christie type plot movie, suspense, mystery, solve the sort of murder. yeah, uh, yet it's all kind of given a Latinx spin. Like, tell me, what was when you went and saw this with Danny Orozco? You, what did you guys like walk out thinking? What were you talking about? Yeah. yeah,
1: well, yeah, we were talking a lot about how it was totally unexpected from what they were like. If you see the trailer, there's like kind of very little hints that it's gonna be about this. Which, um, at we were like really pleasantly surprised that like all of a sudden. You didn't really see her in the trailer. I think you see her, like, twice, but you don't really realize that she's Latinx and, like, how crucial she's in the plot line. And then it's, like, all of a sudden, halfway through the movie, you're like, wait, she, like, played this huge role in the whole movie and we didn't know about it. And um, just how empowering that kind of was. Um, Again, like, you mentioned, like, that map kind of, like, all of a sudden, if you, like, plot the movie line and and her timeline or her present screen time in the movie it's like it just increases and um and her importance in the in the storyline also increases as the movie goes on versus like the white folks it like decreases sort of or it deteriorates yeah
0: yeah. so there's kind of like if you follow these lines a diminishment of presence of the white characters the waspy kind of the thrumbies (laughs) And then the Marta and her, especially, you know, Marta and through Marta, of course, we understand the, the sort of consequences of, you know, this shift that happens with her life and her family, right? Yes. And her, she's taking up a lot more screen time. Yeah, that's a really astute observation. Um, yeah, really surprising, right? Really surprising. I know that, you know, after a little bit, we started to see the Latinx media kind of, you know, say, hey, this is really interesting. Let's go on here, Ryan Johnson. I mean, where you know, wow, like you know, Last Jedi and bloopers and Brick and all those, and then he comes out with this Knives Out. I know he he was nominated for a best Academy for best original screenplay for it, um, and you know he also talks about less a kind of revelation of. Plot event and more revel- emotion revelation. That's what he likes to go for in his movies. Emotion revelation. And like you said, the Latina is really at the core of that emotion revelation. What is happening there, Irma? Like, what do we what do we expect in mainstream when it comes to Latinas in front of the screen? And then, what does Ryan Johnson kind of slowly, kind of, and then finally? Um, turn upside down in terms of expectations with this character?
1: Well, yeah, there's a lot happening here. I think, I mean, even like in the opening, we sort of expect her to be like just the help. But, um, all in quotation marks, but the, in a in sense fact, the cops say that, right? <laughs> yes. Are you the
0: help? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah,
1: exactly. I think we sort of expect her to take kind of this- um, back role, kind of a supporting character um all the way through like and we do expect her maybe she is gonna be like a more like healthy kind of uh character and in a way she is still a caretaker but in the way that she's a caretaker it plays so much more in like central kind of to like this the main white person in the in the plot line right the one who was murdered so um
0: Harlan yeah yeah
1: so he he I think it was interesting how it like that emotion aspect, it was really crucial there because um, it was that humanity at the, in the centers, like that donut hole um, that was, that proved in the end to be the central aspect of it. So even like, I'm not going to play You're not, you're not playing by their rules. You're playing your own game. And, um, I think that was interesting, especially considering how we're looking at Latinx folks. It's like, yeah, we can't be playing necessarily like this overall. Like, we can't be playing the white man's game. We have to play our own game. And that's how we're going to.
0: And uh, our own game here is basically like kindness exactly. and, ha- you know, having a heart. Yeah, and that family aspect. Honest. Yeah, in fact, so honest that the the second she tries to not be honest, she has a physical reaction. She vomits. Right.
1: Yeah, that, and I, which I found really interesting too, because I think a lot of uh, Latinos are really played, and Latinas especially are played with like this cunning, either sexualized, overly sexualized, like kind of cunning roles. Um, like deviance in a lot of mm-hmm. way, but Duplicity. she's not that. What you see is what you get, and yeah. um, and like you said, like that physical kind of repulse, repulsion to um, lying is so. I thought that was really smart. Just like yeah, we can't. Like we're not here to. Well, yeah,
0: steal. it's amazing because for once, our we are represented as both mind and body because you know you have to use your mind to to lie right mm-hmm. but your body her body is not allowing that it's a visceral reaction so we're there's an integration of mind and body normally we are only body right we're mm-hmm. only hypersexualized or we're when we are only mind it's duplicity it's like trying to figure out the game and play the game and get the best and like you know that kind of stuff and here Wow, right? It's like beautiful, I think. It's really amazing.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's and it just comes down to like that I think that line really got me because it was like, yeah, we're not we you just got to play your own game. And um and that's really true to a lot of like how Latinx like I think that's really integral to like a lot of Latinx kind of role like uh like actual people out in the world because yeah. we can't be playing Um, the white man's game all the time we have to like we have to stay true to our community like we're gonna be bonding with each other and we're gonna um, like those family values like that even she kind of represents Like she's taking care of her mom but like she treats kind of Harlan also like really close like calls them and plays with him and like all these things that's actually spending like really important time with him um, with like an elderly person which like a lot of like Latinos like that's our thing, like we take care of our grandparents, like we abuelita take care of acá, like yeah. la conmigo. Yeah. And like that's how you do it. And um yeah. for once that's seen as like a plus. Like yeah, we're gonna take like we're gonna that, that aspect of um nah we're gonna put our, our grandparents or whatever in the senior home, that's not what happens with Latinos. We take care of them. And I think in this in this movie, like that's seen as like a positive, like yeah, this, this caretaker mm. is taking care of the elderly, and that's
0: uh, and beyond her job, like yeah. it's just like she wants she's spending time with them because that's what we would do. Mm-hmm. you exactly. know what I mean, like she's just a human being with you know another human being because that's what no angles. she's yeah. not working an angle, yeah, she's just a, a good person, right? Mm-hmm. I love that, finally. Jesus, right?
1: Finally, those family values are actually put on Latinx folks as opposed to not.
0: I love it. And I love, too, the way it's juxtaposed. Like you were saying, not only do the white characters have less and less screen time, but, man, they become more and more despicable, right? And more and more corrupt and gnarled and, you know, all of the, you know, the kind of... um, uh, racist stuff comes out, you know, when they're put into a corner. The moment when it's announced that you know Marta's the one who's going to inherit everything, and then they call you know uh, her a dirty anchor baby, or you're not actual actual family, you know, et cetera. Right? Yeah. The real, the real beast kind of rears its head, right?
1: Yes. No. Exactly. I think that the the moral mora- morality, um, kind of deteriorates as it goes through for like the white folks right um even like chris evans's character um which i was incredibly surprised it was in there um but and how he played that role but he you sort of know he's kind of a bad boy and then he's like oh maybe he's gonna redeem himself but no he was lying to you the whole time and um that kind of again the duplicity but it's like inverted there too and then every i feel like all of the white characters none of them at the end except like harlan um None of them redeem themselves at all. Yeah.
0: Well, so yeah, that's absolutely the case. Benoit Blanc is interesting, right? The detective. Um, But before we jump into that, which I think is interesting, um, you know what I've thought about was the, you know, that the family represents the fear and even hysteria that comes from the idea of a transfer of white wealth. Mm. What does it mean for there to be equity, wealth equity, and therefore a kind of transfer of that wealth and power across our communities and not just held by the 1% white folk? And their reaction to her, you can scale that up as a kind of on a national level
1: yeah no i agree i think that was really something i was thinking about too in terms of um yeah capital because it's like they keep saying oh i worked really hard for this but it it reminds you of like the trump line like i got a small loan of what a million dollars or something like that um and it just brings you back to that like the more they say that the more it's revealed that it's not really hard work it's that capital that the dad provided. Um, And then all of a sudden they were like, okay, if we really did this according to real hard work, it's not going to be you. Um, And that was really interesting just to think about, like, if we were really going to distribute the wealth according to these hardworking values, the people on top, like at the last scene, they're not going to be, it's not going to be white people. It's going to be, like, our immigrant community.
0: Yeah. Um So, a couple of things I wanted to touch on too um big contrast, even in the way Ryan Johnson and his many folks working on this film um the composition of the different houses, so the romby house right, as this kind of very heavy. Claustrophobic, filled with all sorts of stuff from all over the world. Very kind of primitivist stuff: African masks, Japanese statues, um, but also weird Southern kind of like you know things that you might have in your front yard. Like um, not exactly the um, the kind of African primitivist stuff, but definitely weird. And then you have that in contrast to Marta and um, her her sister and her mama's house. Um. yeah what did you did you notice anything with that
1: yeah I really was work, trying to work through that because I think a lot about spaces and how we occupy that Um. so even how like in the in the Thromby house it's like it is a lot of these artifacts and they're just there kind of to be seen and nobody really touches them or interacts with the space other than like the chairs or whatever right um, nobody is really interacting with whatever's in the space or using them or like even when they face each other it's not really they're facing each other does that make sense like even in the living room scenes they're sort of kind of because they're so far away they're kind of screaming they have to already raise their voices to talk to each other um, but in the uh, in Martha's house it's not like that at all the main scenes are sort of in the kitchen which is like a central part like that's in a lot of Latinx households like that's where we eat. That's where we like convene. Uh, that we vivimos juntos. Like we sort of. That's how we interact. Like the main. The first thing that we see Marta is her mom and, uh, and her sister are all in the kitchen. The sister's watching. Like, what is that? Her iPad. Um, and then they're both having like Marta and her. Uh, and her mom are having cafe I'm guessing and um, they're sort of interacting that's where like a lot of the true kind of uh, convivienza like happens in there and again but they're all interacting with the space and um, in a certain way like again the table how they're set up they're like really close to each other um, and they're talking to each other even like even when the sister screams like at the end like she goes in there and hugs her that's not what's really happening in the thrommy household at all and even in the with the living room scene with the mom when she's watching, um, I forget what the Murder show, She Wrote in Road. Espanol, yeah. yeah, with the dubbing, Um Again, they're interacting with the space because it's so small, but they're really using that space. They're using it to the max. Like there's a little coffee table, the, t- the TV's right there, and the sofa, and they're close to each other. And that proximity is really contrasted with the uh, kind of far apart kind of aspects of. Uh, the thrombies yeah the whole movie
0: i also noticed of course that great you know ryan johnson insertion of the murder she wrote um you know in spanish um but in a really natural way and it's like okay i'm gonna you know this is a kind of a meta sort of moment where i'm reminding you that knives out is a kind of agatha christie but with this insertion this kind of the the core the donut hole is not a whole it's actually the latinx right and uh into the sort of media uh, mainstream media space i also love that you know we saw some you know some votive candles the the virgin you know other kind of um aspects of our cultural life that we interact with in an active way as opposed to the kind of artifacts that are simply collected in the Thrombi house, um, but yeah, there was something also there that was indicating a kind of um, where the the uh, Latinx family is from, right?
1: Yeah, correct. No, yeah, like in the you you mentioned the virgen, but also even in the opening scene where um, you have it's sort of yeah in the in the on the table there's the cafetera like the the kind of a, Caribbeans use, like, for that. So, Cubans mostly use that. Um, And then there's platanos... I think there's another. There's both the just the plantain macho, but also the plantains, and it's like they're both in there. And in the background, in the fridge, if I could, if I remember correctly, there's like I think there's a couple flags in the background, and some like there's more in the on the fridge kind of with the magnets and stuff like that that you that didn't pick up. I didn't pick it up at the first time around. But there's a lot of uh, clues as to where they're from, and you're thinking maybe the Caribbean, maybe Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, th- because they never really uh, point out, and again, it's like a joke in the movie, like, they never really point out where she's actually from. Um, and that might be, that's really clever how they never really did that, but also they give you those clues so you can make, like, some inferences. It's almost
0: like we, the audience, is kind of, you know, the we're put in the role of Benoit Blanc. But, yeah. Right? But in a really fun kind of way. Like, Especially Latinx audiences, right? Yeah. We're going to recognize these. Um, exactly. Um, yeah. The, um, yeah, I love what you have to say, say there. And it is interesting. Of course, the film is critiquing whiteness and the way that somehow we're from, no matter if we're from Mexico or whatever, if you're Latino, you're like Mexican. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. go back to Mexico and you're like, hey, I never came from Mexico. Like, you know um, yeah. you know, maybe, you know, way back, way back, our ancestry is, you know, from the Caribbean, right? Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's a, a subtle critique. But yeah, they're like to Marta, oh, she's Brazilian, yeah, she's like, Paraguay. From, Uruguay, yeah. from yeah. Ecuador, right? Yeah. That's that's who yeah. I
1: think Richard calls it first.
0: Yeah. Um that I thought that was really clever. So, <laughs> you know, um one thing that you know just if we're going to kind of maybe put a little pressure on identity here um and casting um maybe you know we can say that ryan johnson and his casting crew didn't quite go as far as they could have right
1: yeah no i agree i think even with the sister and the mom um uh, they could have been a little bit more played out. Um, but also with Martha as a white passing Latina, she has like those really green eyes, not to say like Latinx don't have green eyes, but um, they kind of really play on that aspect. They give her that dark hair, but you can still see that, uh, that aspect of like white passing in there and that respectability kind of that is tied with that.
0: Yeah, so there's still the kind of residue of the inheriting of the lighter the skin the sort of more valued we are right and so you know you go to mexico or you turn on television or you know any of our uh, tv uh, channels and the everybody's you know white passing Mm -hmm. like all the telenovelas all the main actresses are
1: hella white passing yeah they're they almost they don't, don't know where they're from like and they also have like um non like spanish last names or even non-indigenous last names they sort of go like the whole way um in terms of white passing
0: yeah yeah so i mean i guess you know ryan johnson in the writing does do some interesting stuff with language as a marker Mm -hmm. right as a marker of difference and how that has um even for those of us in the community i'm white passing right but um when we moved from Mexico, um, you know, Spanish was beaten out of me. And even my accent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had to find that neutral accent in English. Um, and that was in schools, right? So, but, yeah, the, um, you know, there's still markers of difference. And that comes through language and accent, right? Yeah, actually,
1: I just I just thought of this. Like, that's interesting how th- her accent is sort of juxtaposed with um, Blanc's asp- accent because... Even they make fun of his accent in the movie. Uh, I think it's Chris Evans. is like something, something KFC, um, and then but like her accent is not. I guess it's kind of there, but they never make fun of it. So I'm like, what's going on there? Yeah, it's
0: not marked um, racially, um, but it becomes. It's, you know, we have family members Mm -hmm. that sound like that. So in a way, maybe Ryan Johnson is, you know, maybe it's something we need. And it's not exaggerated, like, right, Sofia Vergara, right? right? Where it's like, okay, yeah, I know, my tia talks a little bit like that, but not like that. Like, really? Like, come on.
1: Yeah, and and she's, like, she knows what she's talking. So she's given the accent, but also given the accent when she's talking about medicine. And she's, like, proved proving that she knows her stuff. So, it's not like her accent inhibits her intellectual like cap- capabilities or even her nursing capabilities. It's just there.
0: Yeah, I love too that he um, okay, so of course Benoit Blanc. Blanc, right? Yeah. French for white. <laughs> but of course, Ryan Johnson's smarter than that and he makes he makes Daniel Craig I I love that character and I love it because there's a kind of situatedness and even regionalism to his character that we don't expect in a murder mystery. We expect the kind of sn- snobby, mm-hmm. like, oh, yes, I'm going to figure it out and use my rational brain, and I'm the white guy, and, you know, it's all going to work out. Um, and, you know, yeah, he's white. He's a white dude, but he's a white dude who's very situated in a very particular kind of politics of white, mm. whiteness, right? Yes. Um, and then he's like, you're my Watson, To Marta, right? Yes. I thought that was great.
1: No, yeah, I agree. There was a lot to play with that, even with the. And it's interesting that he comes from like a southern part, or like it's it's uh, Mm -hmm. clued in that it's that kind of aspect of his uh, identity, and uh, how he uses or it kind of ties in Marta with his own uh, detective work. And I like, "You're the missing." You're, you're part of that missing donut hole uh aspect you're the, you're the part of the donut that's missing and he's right but he's also like I need and and then at the end he's like I knew you were involved but I knew you couldn't do it because your goodness um kind of like how that sort of reveals it, it a lot of things in terms of what it takes even to be a, like an ally right yeah um, I
0: wonder you know if finally it's less a critique of um, whiteness uh, and the way Latinxs are treated and represented and more an em- a kind of embracement and empowerment of um, identities that can come together, coalesce, because they've been at the margins of wealth.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, uh, the, the wealth part, I was just thinking about that, too, Um how he's like, well, I'm sort of a self made man myself, um, but he has that aspect of kind of a whiteness going for him. And he's sort of cognizant of that uh, throughout the whole movie. But then that's kind of that hard working aspect is tied really closely with Martha. And there's sort of um, like parallel folks, like parallel lines throughout the movie, because he's working hard in terms of like, I, somebody gave me this money and I've worked hard for my name and I've worked hard for my reputation. But Marta is, like, in that line, and she earned this spot and somehow earns the some money. Um, mm-hmm. They're sort of, like, yeah. two sides of the same coin almost. Yeah. And they're put that way, even in the last couple scenes. Yeah.
0: I love that last scene where she's the one drinking the cup. Yeah. coffee. Yeah. You know, right up at the, on the balcony looking, you know, down. Um, so, but, yeah, let me, just a couple more things that I was thinking we could um, just, you know, talk a little bit about. Um one was uh you know the knives and there is this great moment when ransom uh chris evans <laughs> like he thinks he's going to stab he's stabbing marta right yeah and by the way we have this weird throne kind of of yeah. knives like right there exactly. the the thrombi it's almost like the legacy of kind of blood diamonds blood money right um and uh um and yet, the knife is not a knife. And I was like, hold on, this is so clever. It's like white 1% as ultimately impotent. Mm. There's no, like, it's the, right? The, 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 prop, the, yeah. the thought that there's power in the penetration of the point of the, right? Of the phallic symbol, say. And no. It's, it's, he is impotent.
1: Yeah. I haven't seen it. And that that. clever
0: moment when he's on top of her and the knife goes in and nothing. Right. And I thought, wow, you know, in a way, what are we seeing? I mean, this is a great kind of res, has resonance with the way the 1% is so fragile. And the minute that this is threatened by, working folk Latinx others etc it kind of you know you realize actually how impotent it is right
1: yeah no exactly I think even the fact that it was Chris Evans's character as opposed to like one of the more obvious characters that could have done it um who's playing this role of like yeah well whatever I'm just here and like I am like this What what did um uh, they call him the uh, something trust fund fuck boy or something like that. It was like a weird line, um, and so even that it was him as opposed to somebody else, right? It really shows kind of even like oh like yeah we're good people we're just here for whatever like even I'm still gonna deceive you though at the end um, y- my wealth being threatened. Um, my power being threatened, it comes in at the end, and I'm not gonna let you do that. Uh, and that plays out in like everywhere, like what was happening right now. Folks are trying to keep their money, no matter what, at, at the expense of the laboring force, at the expense of um, other, like the middle class, the lower income folks. Everybody doesn't matter. I'm gonna keep this money because I quote earned it. You did not. <laughs> it's yeah. all generational.
0: Yeah. No, great. Okay, last last little point I wanted to mention, which is in all of this kind of fragility of wealth um, that's being represented by the kind of, you know, the thrombies and especially by, you know, Ransom, the one who's basically only kind of, you know, um, the trust fund kid, right, mm-hmm. represents all of that. Yeah. Um, the more you push them into the corner, they, the more they use the deportation mm. threat, right? Yes. And of course that has a big resonance on what's going on in our country today, right?
1: Yes, no, correct, like all of a sudden they are, Martha gets this money in a way that she's earned it, um, and then all of a sudden now we're gonna, yes, you know what, you're no longer part of my family, we're gonna like reverse everything that we said. Um, And, like, I mean, that just sort of reveals what was actually happening throughout the whole time. Because even with the funeral thing, like, everybody's like, oh, I got outvoted. But, like, you realize, uh, that's the moment where you realize nobody really wants her here. They just, we're going to take care of you. We're not really going to take care of you because you're threatening us in the end. Um, And I thought that was really, like, revelatory of, like, even who you think, even these institutions that are supposed to be working for the community, like, all of a sudden they give resources, At the end of the day, it's not really about them being recognized in this humanity. It's about whatever's beneficial and making them look better. Um,
0: Yeah, whatever will get them more.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, and then, yeah, this weird deep insecurity finally, right? So um, the threat of loss of wealth. And my goodness, like, you know, how much do people really need? Right. I sometimes I wonder about like, you know, these uh, people that have billions of dollars, like really, like at what point is enough enough? Like, you know, and at the same time, um, you know, supporting, you know, whether by silence or directly supporting, you know, initiatives like building the wall and deportating and uh, putting children in cages. And, you know, so. You know this this sort of part of the plot of Knives Out, where the white characters, the more you push them into the corner, the more they threaten Marta and the deportation of the mother. Yeah,
1: no, exactly. Even with the scene with um, I forget his name, but he, the the brother with the cane, he goes in. And he's Walt. like, yeah. yeah. So Walt all of a sudden goes like afterwards, like, well, you you won't get. We'll help you out because we have these resources. And then she's like. Well, now I have these resources. And that was really an interesting scene because it's like, yeah, like, we don't need you. We need the resources. Don't give me you. Give me the resources. Mm. And um, that was a really crucial just to even put that in perspective because, again, like, these institutions claim to be supporting them and will give you a little bit of access to, like, what our baby – like, the baby version of our resources. But really, you have so much more that you can actually use to be supporting the community and you're not doing it.
0: Yeah. Gosh, so many takeaways. I mean, what a great movie, and so much. I mean, that resonates, and that's critical of you know the way society works and the way humans are are work. You know, that humans that have kind of grown with um, a kind of taking for granted of wealth and those resources mistreat, have lost their humanity. Yes, you know, and finally, a celebration of Latinxs as just good folk you know like we are honest good people and there's no other agenda
1: exactly there there's no other agenda it's like really crucial it's like there's nothing else that we want to do we just want to like literally live here and like live here and be part of these communities we are serving you already like what else do you need from us like nothing well whatever we get it we earned it yeah
0: Well, thank you, Irma, for joining me on talking about this and so many issues that are so important to us today and that will continue to be important for us. Um, Thank you for joining Professor Latinx.
1: Thank you for having me. That
0: was freaking awesome, man. That was like the bomb. That was one of the